were on a soft six at Caulfield, and it's a big day for the Lindsay Park operation. JD Hayes joins us. Good morning, JD. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Big day for the team. A, a number of runners right throughout the card, well represented in the Group 1 races, which is important. Your day kicks off with a debutante in the debutante stakes, Princess Dew Hello, race one. What can you tell us about her? Yeah, she's a very professional little filly. She does everything right. She's jumped out well, and uh, these races are hard to win, but... Um, the fact that she does everything right and jumped out well, I think she'll hold a good account of herself. What can you tell us about her in, in terms of what she might be able to do, although you know, we don't know the racing pattern of any of these horses, but what do you expect from her from an inside draw? Well, I think uh, we'll leave it up to the jockey to be able to hopefully use his barrier and put herself there because she's got lovely speed and she's shown some nice gate speed in her jump out. So um, hopefully leading around into the corner, she gives a good kick and gives the owners a good yell and should be right there in the finish, hopefully. Race two, you've got ASAR and Biometric. How do you line them up? Really happy with ASAR. Um, he's in a really good zone at the moment. He just, in the Rupert Clark, got a heavy track, which was a bit unsuitable. And from the barrier here, Mick D knows him well. Um, I think he'll really run a good race. I think he's a little bit over the odds, but uh, the track coming up in the soft is a plus, And he does have to carry uh, the top weight, but I think he's doing that because he's got the best credentials and if he runs up to his looks, uh, he's a good each-way bet. What about Biometric? How do you line him up on the soft six? Yeah, he's a nice break between runs. He jumped out excellent. Um, he's in really good order, this horse, but I think this run uh, will probably bring him on to the cup week. Race three, a uh, really intriguing race, the Thoroughbred Club Stakes for the three-year-old fillies. An impressive debut maiden winner in Sweden. First of all, how did she come through that? Uh, she's absolutely bounced out that run. Um, couldn't be happy with her track work and she has been thrown in the deep end here there's some quality horses in that race as you'd expect on call for guineas day but um, from the wide alley I think she's going to be able to have time to hopefully find a bum in the three wide line and um, we'll see how good she is. Is there anything you, you can do in private a gallop with company uh, pairing her up with a, a galloper that you, you get a bit of a benchmark on to see how she might line up here? Yeah we gave her a nice galloping company uh, leading into this but it was with a horse um that was an easy boxing partner, more of a confidence gallop. So she had it covered. But she is a very good track worker at home. Um, so we didn't want to put her against anything too good because we didn't. there's no prize money in the morning. So leaving it for race day. Sweet and taking on tougher company, but maybe with plenty of upside race three. Race four, again, a couple of runners, Nicolini, Vito and Crosshaven. How do you line those two up over the 1,200? Uh, Nicolini and Vito will sprint well fresh. Um, but this is more of a race designed to bring him on for Cup Week as well. Um, just have him in a rhythm and look for him to a- absolutely attack the line. He's got nice residual fitness uh, being up running early in the season. And Crosshaven, he's been the beneficiary of having a little um, break up in Queensland. So he looks fantastic. He's trolled up well. And uh, we're going to need a little bit of luck from the barrier, but we've got a pilot on board that seems to be able to thread the needle. So he'll be up around there. And if he gets luck in running, I think he uh, can really sprint well fresh too. I might be being a bit harsh on Macram, who goes around in race five, but uh, from a form perspective, he's got a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde about him. You, you're not too sure which Macram might turn up. What, what did you make of his run in the JRA Cup at the Valley last start? Oh, I think the track pattern didn't suit. I'm more forgiving of his run at Mooney Valley. I think he had to make a long sustained. Oh, pardon me. He had to make a long sustained run, and it's really brought him on. Um, his track works nice and. We'll really know where we stand after today. But from the wide barrier, I actually prefer that than inside barrier because he's known to be better outside horses. And uh, he's going to take, yeah, take a good ride from Craig. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a good yardstick for us. 
what you've seen from him at home, how do you see the step up to 2,400 metres? Uh, his form overseas suggests that he, he'll just absolutely rush 2,400 metres and beyond. So um, I really think he will like the 2,400 metres, but I'll be uh, better for the run as well as the horse. I'll know more after the race. First of the Group 1s for you in the Might and Power Race 7, Mr Brightside. How did you assess his run in the Underwood at Sandown? Yeah, his run was um, it was the first time that he was against the best in the country and there was no hiding at weight for age. It was a truly run race and I think the race really brought him on. He had two pretty soft up runs where he was able to, especially his second up run in the Fiend, he was able to dictate and really kick hard and he probably did do a bit well on Ben and I in the three weeks into the Underwood. We only had two runs in the six weeks, whereas most of our competition had a few harder hit outs and was a bit more in front of us in fitness. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he runs today. My gut feel is, is that he'll really savage the line and have him right across plate. Mick Price has talked about the, this race being a potential fork in the road for, for I'm Thunderstruck in terms of where he might go. Is there a solid commitment to take Mr Brightside to the to the Cox Plate? Or if, say, for example, today the, the feedback from Craig Williams and yourself was that 2,000 metres might be a, a bit harsh. Is there a potential to reassess the options for him? No, absolutely. If he doesn't run, run a strong 2,000, he's not going to be winning a Cox Plate. So if, he, if Craig Williams gives us that feedback, we'll definitely change tack too. Race 8, the Caulfield Guineas. Tijuana comes off the Stutt Stakes win. At this stage, Angry Skies hasn't secured a run. Let's talk about Tijuana and what you made of his win at the 1,600 metres last start. Uh, he raced in his usual pattern that he did uh, last preparation where he was able to be on pace and kick hard. Um, he's really trained on nicely from that race too. Um, can't fault him physically. He looks fantastic and um, we're leaving uh, the plans to Mark. He knows the horse very well and Hopefully he's able to give the uh, owners a really good uh, thrill because if he's able to win this race, he's quite a valuable horse. What about Angry Skies if he did manage to sneak into the field in the next 10 minutes or so? Yeah, he's definitely one for punters to have a small bet each way because um, he's not there to make up the numbers. We think a lot of this horse, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, he's only in his first prep, lightly raced, so you're going to have to take my word for it. But his win at Swan Hill was quite dominant and he didn't really end up in the right part of the track and had to go back at Sandown last start. So if he gets a run, uh, we'll be pretty happy to have him in the race, um, but we're just waiting on the scratching. End of the day for you, the Turak Handicap Race 9, another Group 1 runner, Gentleman Roy, coming through that last start win. How is he going into the race with 53 kilos today? Really love his opportunity, Group 1 level at handicap conditions. Uh, he gets in lovely at the weights. Just love his racing pattern and he loves a, a hard run race too, so um, he's going to really, really give the sake of life out of this race, I do feel. But there's a couple of good ones in there. So um, they're going to be having to follow him into the straight and whether they can get past him is another thing because he's a hard horse to get past. Who do you think's the pick of the team? Uh, I really do like Gentleman Roy. Um, I am a little bit biased because he's just been such a lovely horse to place through the grades. Ben and I in the team and he does look fantastic. And he's a, he's a horse you'd ride into war. He's very tough. Last time I was talking to Ben, I was reminded by a, an SMS from a listener that I was remiss not to ask you about the progression of Kamora heading towards the Melbourne Cup. How is he going overseas? Yeah, he did his final piece of work um, this morning in preparation of heading onto the flight. He's put on good weight in quarantine before the flight, which is what we want, and he's absolutely bouncing. So we think we've got him in a really good spot, and they, they usually do run a very good race straight off the plane, and I think he's a genuine top five chance in the Melbourne Cup. Best of luck for a big day at Caulfield, JD. Thank you very much.